0: and an intelligent woman by beautiful and an intelligent woman and a great actress she's being cute
1: okay she messaged me on instagram the other day It was cute oh good she slid into my dms if you will
0: oh okay well
1: completely inappropriate well i mean she's your girlfriend i would expect nothing less
0: uh yeah that's true i mean we both have similar um um whatever you want to call it In a...
1: <laughs> foolishnesses yeah
0: we have similar foolishnesses
1: turn on that recording baby
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm,
1: Don't make me throw my banter before swine.
0: I'm I am recording on my recorder just so you know.
1: Oh, okay. Jordan got me fancy headphones for our anniversary.
0: I know, they're very very nice.
1: Yeah, they're Bluetooth actually, but if I do the Bluetooth way, I can't hear my microphone feedback, and you know, it's really important for me to hear myself. That's true. Uh, Michael.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Michael. Joseph Sorkolovsky. Yes. Hi. How are you?
0: Oh, I am great. I am. Uh, that's an exaggeration.
1: Have you recovered from your journey to Chicago?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I your have. hair
1: looks like it's recovered.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I'll show it to you here.
1: It's, I I could see it. But yes, it does <laughs> look beautiful.
0: Yeah. I tried a slightly different technique um last night yeah i really like squeezed the product through the hair
1: i feel like you're soon you're gonna get to the point where you need to start pushing your bangs back instead of letting them fall down yeah well i don't know how you see anything honestly
0: i've been using scrunchies and i've been using hair claws Mm -hmm. but you know i have the problem of the front hairs just not long enough to pin back quite
1: right classic yeah classic dilemma
0: but I'm good. I'm excited to bring you this uh, little, well, this kind of set of sugyas, really.
1: Oh, is it going to be a series or is the, am I getting the whole set today?
0: Oh, you're just getting a blast in the face.
1: I'm getting a big set.
0: Yeah, you're getting a big old set right today. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> wow, great.
0: Any progress on your big set?
1: Um, no progress yet. It's not, we have to wait until I get on my boyfriend's insurance, which has to wait until we move in together, which won't happen until July 15th. So running out the clock on that. Okay. Yeah, but I'm excited. It'll probably happen this year. And what are, what are you crinkling in your hand? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. How dare you? How dare you.
0: Okay. Well, I really can't wait to see your new boobies.
1: Thank you. Me too. Boyfriend and I, we're having our anniversary celebration right now. We're going out to fancy dinner tonight. And yesterday we exchanged gifts. I gave him a record of the album that we connected over on our first date. And he gave me these Bluetooth headphones and a full hardcover set of the Robert Alter translation of the Tanakh. So... Oh... He's a keeper.
0: Oh, is that the one that you recommended recently on? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I was looking into that. That seems really nice.
1: It's super cool. You
0: exchanged gifts. That's a very um, goyish way of putting it, I would say.
1: <gasps> what would be the Jewish way of putting it?
0: We gave presents to each other. I don't know. Exchanged gifts. It's so Texas. Okay. No, am I wrong? I
1: think what's truly goyish in this moment is your bourgeois self-consciousness about your own language usage. All
0: right, Well, right, I'm going to cut all this from the pod.
1: <laughs> you can't just cut things when they turn back on you and blow up in your face. Uh-huh. We wouldn't have any podcast if that was the case. Uh, yeah,
0: it's kind of true. Anything else to bring to the pod? Or?
1: Um, You know, just chilling, just doing good. I mean, my anxiety is bad right now but I don't know it just is what it is sometimes I'm like really anxious about the upcoming classes and stuff I have coming up like I don't know will everything get done but it will it'll be fine
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: you know anxiety is just it's just doing its thing and I don't have to empower it with my attention that's why I play so much video games is to stop the anxiety you know
0: Mm, like an escape.
1: Yeah, which I think is a fine strategy. Mm -hmm. You know, I go to therapy, I do my work or whatever. But like, I think at some point, there's some emotions that the best thing you can do for them is like distance yourself from them, because paying attention to them actually just increases... How much you have them?
0: That is a bold claim. I don't have enough emotional experience in this life to know <laughs> the answer to that question.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just saying I think anxiety, for me at least, to a certain extent, if I try to puzzle out my anxiety, I end up just causing more anxiety. And the more I go into it, the more it is produced. You know, it's like how you need to put a band-aid on your wound. You mm-hmm. need to give the wound space from the world to heal And sometimes it's okay to sort of just put those unhelpful emotions away from yourself. Okay. No, I don't think it works for every emotion. I don't think we can just shove our emotions into a box, but I think there are certain sort of emotional patterns that the best thing you can do is sort of be like, eh, that's not important. My anxiety is not important. I don't need to devote a bunch of time to it. That's what it wants me to do. Sort of like an opposite action kind of thing.
0: So anxiety is different from, I have uncontrollable anger for some reason. Right.
1: That would be probably a pretty different situation. I think this mostly has to do with anxiety or like depression, you know, like sometimes I have content warning suicidal ideation and my brain is like, you should kill yourself. And I'm like, "Mm, that's not important. I'm going to eat pizza.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the bright technique. Definitely. Loved ones and pizza.
1: We all have our strategies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This has worked well for me so far. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Well, on that scintillating and joyful note.
0: We're going to do a real hard pivot.
1: Blast me with some Talmud, babe.
0: Okay. So, you know, I just went to Chicago to visit these children of my friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Queer Talmud, capital of the world.
0: Wait, is it really the queer Talmud? Oh, it That's is? Where yeah. is. That's where
1: Sfarah oh, is. That's where their okay, offices okay. are. Some would say it's the queer Talmud capital of the world. Other people would say that's our podcast. Who
0: knows? Okay, okay. Um, you heard it from Hava people, JK, not JK. from me. Uh, so I, I was thinking about children, and I wanted to know if the Talmud had any advice on how to deal with children. Because I was dealing with a toddler and a baby, watching them, holding them, all that Mm -hmm. nonsense and it was a lot i was just curious what do these old rabbis have to say about children Mm -hmm. so i bring you first to ta'anit 24a thank god thank god why thank god
1: (laughs) i don't know just it's great glad to be here glad to be here on ta'anit 24a
0: good i'm glad you're glad so rav is visiting a place where he ordered a fast to take place
1: hmm Because Ta'anit is a mesechet that is about fasting, theoretically.
0: Right, 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 right. I, I knew that for sure. Yeah, I was just <laughs> We've about talked to about it that. on the
1: show before.
0: So, Rav visits a place where he orders a fast, but rain doesn't come. hmm So, he goes down and he meets the local shlicha, the messenger, the kind of spiritual leader of that community. And the shlicha leads a service. The shlicha says, Mashiv The Shlicha said, he who makes the wind blow and the wind actually blew. And then Mm -hmm. he continues and said, he who makes the rain fall and the rain fell. So this Shlicha, Shlicha, I'm like rolling my L's like I'm speaking Russian. is able to do something that Rav was not able to manifest, right? He was able to get God to bring some rain.
1: Right, very important.
0: So naturally, Rav wants to know, what is it? Like, how are you able to do this?
1: Why is this guy so much holier than Rav, who's theoretically, because he's such a chacham, such a wise guy, he's like, should be a very effective Rainbringer.
0: Exactly. We know Rav.
1: You know him. You love him. He's, he's great. you know, very important in the Talmud MCU.
0: So, Mr. Shlicha tells us he teaches all the kids Torah. Even if the kids are poor, he teaches them Torah. And, oh. yeah, isn't that nice? And he doesn't ask for any money from the poor kids. So, he's got a sliding scale situation going on. Uh-huh. And then he also says this little bit. Veit li pirah. Dich vorre man de fasha mishachedna le minahu um Sadrinan rinan le umfasinam le ad dachte vikare. He says, I have a fish pond, literally a pit of fish. Great. And any child who neglects his studies, I bribe him with presumably this fish pond, with the fish in the fish pond.
1: Right. I thought he was going to throw them into the fish pond. I thought it was going to be punitive, but it's positive.
0: No, this is positive. And he persuades them with these fish until they (laughs) finally come and begin to read the Torah with him.
1: Wow. Serving fish, literally.
0: Yes, exactly. He's serving (laughs) fish. Now, what does this teach me, you know, a modern... About how to work with children. This tells me that children love fish ponds. If you have a disobedient child, they won't do what you want them to do. Bribe them with fish.
1: When I was a kid, for a little while, we lived in the country and there was a pond where we lived and it was full of catfish. And I don't know if you know this about catfish, but one, they like reproduce really fast and fill up closed environments really fast. And two, they're like cannibalistic catfish eat other catfish.
0: Oh. I did not know that.
1: We had a trash can of dog food by the pond and we would throw out dog food for the catfish and it would be like a swirling maelstrom of catfish attacking each other.
0: Oh, that is terrifying.
1: Um, so that's what I picture when I picture a pit of fish. And I have to say, it worked, you know. I loved that fish pit.
0: Okay, well, that's great. I'm glad. Were you a disobedient child?
1: Um, that's, com- that's complicated. I was performatively obedient. Oh, okay. I would say because I was the middle child and my older brother was the fuck up slash is the fuck up. And my younger brother was sort of the baby and, you know, could do no wrong. So I was sort of the one who like showed how worthy of love I was by like being good,
0: oh, okay, yeah.
1: which is a pattern that has haunted me. <laughs> into
0: adulthood. That sounds very familiar.
1: From my existence or from your own existence? No, from
0: my own existence. Yeah. The reason's probably slightly different, but.
1: Right. You were good in order to awaken the soul of your robot mother.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But love did not compute.
0: No. Everyone out there who's still in grade school. (laughs)
1: Listening to our podcast.
0: Getting to our podcast. Stop getting good grades for your parents, okay? Didn't work for me. (laughs) Didn't work. Don't do it.
1: Don't do it. It's not worth it. But for fish...
0: Yeah, fish. I mean, if your parents are giving you fish, they're doing a good job, as far as I (laughs) understand. I would like to take you to another sugya.
1: Very well. They say never follow a hippie to a second location, but I will break that rule. Never follow
0: a hippie to a second location? Yeah. Okay, wow. I've never heard that before.
1: It was on episode of 30 Rock I
0: watched last night. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But anyway... Okay, okay, Shabbat 10b. Thank God. <laughs> so, we are having a discussion about gifts in this section, and whether or not you have to inform someone when you give them a gift, or if you don't have to inform them.
1: Oh, secret gifts.
0: And the general consensus is uh, you have to inform people. The reason why is there's this verse, Exodus 31, 13, where God is speaking to Moses. God is saying, speak to the Israelites, say, nevertheless, you must keep my Sabbaths for it is a sign between me and you for all generations. So, you may know that I, God, sanctified you. It's some crazy logical scheme that isn't very clear to me, but something about Mm -hmm. the fact that the Israelites know that God gave them Shabbat, and it's this gift that they're aware of that they got from God makes it so that they keep this covenant with God. Mm -hmm. And because of that, that means when you give gifts, you also have to like make people aware that you're giving gift. You can't just surprise people with a gift. You can't give them an anonymous gift. Well, maybe you can in certain cases, but in specific cases, you definitely can't just, like, give someone a gift and have no explanation for it. Okay. So, Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel Mm -hmm. says, When you give bread to a child, you must inform the mother. Based Uh on all this conversation mm-hmm. that preceded. right so if you're hanging out with a kid you give the kid some bread you give the kid a gift you have to let the mother know that you do that mm-hmm. but then the question is ma aved lay how do you do that you know you're with oh. the kid the mother could be somewhere else and you right. give the kid bread how do you inform the mother in order to fulfill this duty that you have abaye comes in he says sha'if lay Mishha umale le kula. In order to tell the mom that you've given the child bread, is you smear the child with oil and put eyeshadow on him.
1: Right. Fabulous.
0: What do you make of this hava?
1: And then your baby comes home and you're like, damn, my baby looks fabulous. She must have gotten that bread.
0: What do you think? What what do you think Um, is going on?
1: The oil part, I guess, makes some sense the eyeshadow i'm confused i'm confused that's what i'll say i'm confused
0: i think the intent here is that this is according to rashi right the intent is the mother sees that the child has eyeshadow and oil on them and asks the child what's the deal and oh. then the child will say oh this guy put eyeshadow Gave some on me. <laughs>
1: bread and also did my makeup.
0: Yeah, and so that the mother will find out about the bread because there's a visual. You know, that she right. needs to ask the question.
1: Right. This uh, I feel like makes the assumption that you also carry a full makeup kit around with you at all times. I guess so. Because if you give a child a piece of bread, they're gonna want a full face of makeup to go with it.
0: Yeah, it's. It's very weird. It's very weird. Rashi kind of makes this poetic little phrase where he says, Notain kahol saviv yahinu v'chein Shonu b'talmud. Put eyeshadow in his eyes and talmud in his mouth.
1: Oh Yeah, make everyone a gay, fabulous, made-up talmud baby. It's
0: great. I mean, this is what you're supposed to do.
1: I'm imagining now in my head it's just like Angelica from the Rugrats. Mm-hmm. But like in a full face, like freshly studying the Talmud.
0: Well, yeah, I guess so. I
1: assume Angelica was Jewish because she was part of the Pickles family.
0: I mean, their last name was Pickles.
1: Something to think about. Yeah. Much to discuss.
0: We're not done. There's another question, Fuck. a challenge, Fuck, and the question comes from some anonymous rabbi, and it is v'hei dana de... Why is this a vowel or a smudge on my computer screen? <laughs> v'hei dana lichoshafim shinan li'cho ma. Today, we're very concerned with sorcery.
1: Right. These days, you can't walk down the street without encountering a sorcerer.
0: So how do we deal with that situation, right? I guess the implication is this dude who gave your kid bread... Like how do you know?
1: How do you know he's a witch?
0: How do you know? Yeah.
1: Because what else floats?
0: Bread. Bread floats. Well, how do we really know that this guy isn't a creepy guy who just puts makeup on your kid and there isn't (laughs) some sort of
1: question has been in my mind from the beginning of this.
0: Well, here's where Rav Papa comes in. Amar Rav Papa. First of all, there's a rabbi called Papa, which I did not know. It's classic. She'ef le meoto. Hamin, instead of putting eyeshadow on him, because mm-hmm. everyone's going to know that you, that that's, I guess, a that's so sweet, sorcery. That's sorcery. Just smear him with some of the food that you gave him.
1: That was honestly my original first thought. But the eyeshadow was so fabulous.
0: <laughs> I know the eyeshadow is fabulous.
1: So the bread is not sorcery. Probably.
0: Probably not sorcery.
1: I feel like bread doesn't really stick. I feel like I couldn't necessarily, like, smear someone with bread.
0: You just have to cover them in crumbs.
1: Also, in my experience, children are covered in crumbs 100% of the time, anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, like, assuming a lot of things. This is assuming that the mother is curious about the cleanliness of her child.
1: Right, I would be much more curious about the fabulous makeup.
0: Yeah, I feel like the fabulous makeup would be a lot more telling. There's a lot of like wonderful little assumptions here, like in the past we used to do this, now we're concerned with sorcery, we don't. Right.
1: Used to be, you could walk down the road and put makeup on a child, and no one would think anything of it. But nowadays, the sorcerers have moved into the neighborhood, and an honest man can't put makeup on a stranger's child without people thinking it's funny.
0: Yeah, it's awful. It's awful. But in an ideal world, you know, assuming there's no sorcerers, if we could right. live in paradise, then right. good men would be bribing children with fish and sending them home with eyeshadow and a full tummy.
1: A full tummy of fish and bread.
0: And their mouth full of Torah.
1: Wow. Well, may it come swiftly in our days.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I want to live to see that.
1: Wow. I wish someone had put eyeshadow on me as a child. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would have been nice, actually. Well, shit. <laughs> this is what I brought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's not, there's really no commentary, you know? It's just Gonzo, Gonzo Talmud, which I love. I love Gonzo Talmud. Okay, so on a change of note, I want to bring something from a listener.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Before
1: we wrap up, a dear listener, Matt... Sent us some stuff related to episode 69A, Capitalism is a Death Cult. If you recall, we talked about gladiators on that episode, and Matt sent us some interesting information from different books about gladiatorial combat. So I wanted to share that information. Okay. One of the pieces is on the origins of gladiatorial combat. The original purpose and meaning of such funeral games may be understood as a form of human sacrifice. Men fought to the death at the funeral of a much-valued leader whose spirit benefited from the spilling of blood. More importantly, the slaying of human victims acknowledged the importance of the loss to the community and enhanced the public reputation of the deceased in a way which transcended his mortality. The combats also demonstrated the capacity of the heir who arranged obsequies in pious duty and exercised the authority necessary to command death itself, which is from The Roman Games, a source book by Alison Futrell. And then secondarily, on the origins of animal shows, from fair early days, animals had been a part of the religious festivals of Rome, incorporated into ritual as part of the sacred performance meant to guarantee the goodwill of Rome's gods. The grandiose display of exotic animals in Rome, however, is connected to the spread of Roman hegemony. Romans encountered unusual and intimidating beasts and gained access to supplies of such rare animals as part of the expansion of Roman authority. First of all, thank you very much, Matt. I love when you guys send us stuff like this. So, it sounds like we were right on the money about the whole death cult, death worship issue. Yeah,
0: and it would make sense that that would appear. If there is a spiritual component, uh, it would make sense why they would be talking about that in Avodazara Zara, in that message. Right,
1: exactly. And also, I think it clarifies even more how much, in a certain sense, capitalism is a religion unto itself whose sort of primary virtue is death.
0: You could weave a nice metaphor there, for sure.
1: Yeah. And what are we on this show, if not weavers of metaphor and makeup artists of children?
0: You know, like when I hear stuff like... I should probably react to what you just said. (laughs) It took
1: you a second on
0: that one. When when I hear these kind of... um, complex justifications for some base activities probably the activity existed in some form and then it was justified later on.
1: Yeah, I mean I I'm sure this whole thing about death it's sort of a post facto explanation but I think there was probably some subconscious stuff about that. Sure,
0: yeah, yeah. Going
1: on, you know, I think whoever commanded the first gladiatorial games was like this is going to be cool as fuck. Yeah, but sure. subconsciously the reason he thought it was cool as fuck was because of the religion of death and colonialism
0: uh yeah i guess yeah
1: <laughs> sure <laughs> thank you for your support in this endeavor
0: so I guess, well, what's the moral
1: that there's no moral everything is permissible nothing is forbidden but don't be a bitch about it is the moral <laughs>
0: okay that's fair
1: <laughs> don't sell lions to the romans i guess like don't work for raytheon is the equivalent yeah don't you work know? for
0: raytheon
1: don't be a cop.
0: Don't be a cop. Don't be a military contractor.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we all know that. I think if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I say we wrap it up. Let's wrap it. Okay, listeners, thanks for joining us today. Go join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Cordova to get access to twice as many episodes. Give us a call or a text on the Talmud hotline at 401-484-1619. And ask us a question anonymously at our website at kaihowareyou.com. You are each a shining star. You are each a flake of glitter upon the eyelid of a child learning Torah.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: And we love you for that. And we will talk to you soon. Yeah.
0: Shavua Tov.